Hello, everybody. How are y'all doing today? And welcome to the second episode of the Nexus podcast. Um, We've already done our introductions. Y'all know who we are. I'm Mr. G. Agent X. The Bishop. And we are here today. So today we're going to talk about episode two of season one of Charmed. I've got you under my skin. This episode, we see them go up against Javna. We see Piper struggle with her new status as a witch. We see Phoebe out here being Phoebe. So what were some of y'all's thoughts about the episode? How did you feel about it? It was funny and a little bit trifling. But the lottery thing, which we discussed last episode, because my thing with the lottery thing is she got the vision and, you know, she gave the numbers to the old couple. But what if she didn't? What if she just played the lottery for herself? Like, what would even be the point of her getting a vision? Like, the whole her getting a vision really depended on her helping the old couple. But she could have easily been like, nah. Or she might not even know that she was supposed to help the old couple. Her being selfish <laughs> is actually what helped her. She was like, well, she didn't even think about personal gain. She was like, uh, I don't play the lottery. But might well get this old couple some money, too. And it's so interesting because <laughs> it's like, what is the point of good magic giving these people like a million dollars? I didn't understand. I know magic is supposed, they're supposed to help the innocent and all of that, but if magic is just out here giving people a million dollars, then point me in the direction of some kind of witch because right. I, I mm-hmm. who picks the people? Like, how do they randomly select people? Just on a Tuesday, we're gonna go with the white woman at the bus stop. Like, how do you just pick who gets the numbers to win? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then is this something that any witch with permission could do? I I don't know. It, it like. It just felt like there was no purpose other than to teach her personal gain. I kind that's what I was kind of got from it was like the purpose was to teach her personal gain and very early on show us that they can't just use their powers in any kind of way, even though low key everybody else did. And it, I it feels very <laughs> Phoebe exclusive. <laughs> that we can't use our powers for personal gain. I could very, very much be tripping, but that's what it was given. Didn't, but you didn't know, Prue use them in the elevator? That was personal gain, kind of. Yeah. You know, the weirdest thing about, you know, that lesson applying to Phoebe is that she couldn't just get a premonition when she wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, if they're sending her the premonitions, like, just make sure they're not the ones that she could gain from monetary. Like mm-hmm. it's not like she just grabs a lotto ticket and just yes calling for a premonition. Yes, yes. It's not like this is like later in the season, Phoebe, that learned how to call for him and was like, okay, all right, bet. So I'm gonna go ahead and get this. Like she was getting them at random. So it just mm-hmm. uh, good magic is so stupid. You know, like out of all those premonitions that she was getting, like this is the one for personal gain, mm-hmm. the one where I, I can win millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, what if she randomly got a vision? Because, and then you know, we know at certain points it's tied to psychic energy and whatever else, which is another reason why I kind of feel like her power was all over the place in terms of how they presented it. So it's like it, it could have been 
from one source but it felt like it was from multiple you know like the seer sent her a vision one time she was able to share yes. visions apparently the elders were sending her visions she could get them based on psychic energy in the room so like what if she there was a lot of psychic energy around like a bank vault or something like that and she randomly got the combination to the bank vault like then what what where are we going from there <laughs> that's a good point they just, anywhere that the plot needed us to go that week uh, that, part. Uh, that right. part but then Max she didn't have no premonition about Max <laughs> Max had to reach out see nope I'm not even gonna say it we'll talk about that later cause mm. which is <laughs> which is wild because they also sent Leo to make sure that Prue got the message yes where, like when you have a witch can get visions Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it's not like it's not like Phoebe couldn't know because Leo was telling her all about it. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, this episode, I was telling y'all earlier, this episode actually has one of my favorite like Phoebe moments. Because Phoebe, I feel like Phoebe is one of my favorite characters in retrospect. Like when I really sit down and think about it, because early Phoebe was very street smart. She was like mm-hmm. your regular, you know, Piper was a could be a good POV character for the people who like didn't want to be a witch, just wanted to be normal. Phoebe definitely was a uh a POV character because she genuinely was a real person. When Phoebe had that premonition of Javna killing her. And she dropped everything in her hands. She didn't drop. She threw down everything in her hands. And she booked it to that van, to the to the mystery machine, and said, I'm going to go. You can do whatever you can do. I'm just going to get out of here. And then, again, this is another thing where we are talking about how ghetto it used to be back in the day. A charm is having to run back to this van that's not even hers. That's through <laughs> And John is waiting in the back seat. <laughs> what are we doing? This is foolishness. And how did he know that she was going to be in, like, how did he know she was coming back to the van? Was he yeah, in there the whole time? It, 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 it's like, they, of course, he had magic, but they could have showed him, like, they, they should have showed getting him in the van. smoke or something. Like, this man, I feel like Jamna, like, walked out the building. <laughs> like, Ghostface? Like, Ghostface. <laughs> in the car. There was no magical means that he got in there. I genuinely feel like he just walked out, like, locked the door behind him, and, <laughs> and then got in the van. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> This is crazy. They probably couldn't afford it. You know, they were really, really scrimping and scraping that first season. A listen, a listen, a listen. I feel like I feel like Phoebe. I feel like Phoebe's power probably didn't cost any. It cost that much because they were just like slicing, you know, scenes together, and they were like, "Okay, cool." Piper's to me probably cost the most because of the animation. Well, uh, well, not at first. Because they were just having those people just stand there. They were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, <laughs> because even in season two, I remember um, the episode where they turned them all, where Phoebe turned everyone into animals. And mm-hmm. Prue and Piper uh, fought the snake and the rabbit in the in the parking lot. When one of the dudes jumped on, on top of her and Piper froze him. And you could just see him moving. Like mm-hmm. he's just trying to yep. stay there, but he's crossed over. <laughs> you can just see. He's tried his best. You can see people yeah, moving. Yeah, because 
Yeah, cause the one with the girl Aviva, which is which is funny, cause that's the only episode where uh, Andy and, and Leo met. But when Piper had froze them while Leo was holding the popcorn, you could see them moving. Ghetto, <laughs> ghetto. It's like when Piper froze Dan to test if he was a warlock. I like I remember him being still and then like when she went to prick his hand I remember like his hand kind of trembling a little bit I don't know I could be miss I think I might be misremembering because I genuinely remember that moment yeah it probably was like that yeah because they needed to do something in real time oh yeah Mm -hmm. and everything gets to shaking (laughs) you can see like the little bit of the person moving the plate would be moving just at the corner a little bit Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And then they later, did the best they like, could. And I love when they would do little stuff like when she froze the cake in season six when Paige threw it at her, and then she grabbed mm-hmm. it out of midair. I don't know why. I just love little moments like that where it seemed like yeah, mm-hmm. was just normal. It was just I don't know. It just it was so cute. Yeah, I enjoyed the freezing power, and I wish we'll talk about that way later. But there's a lot of times where it's like you forgot that you even have this power because. Sometimes all you need to do is freeze them. You don't need to blow them up. Oh, baby, when my right. that exploded Just power, that was it. she forgot she could freeze them. She forgot she was a refrigerator because they just pointed out there's a whole season she didn't freeze a single person. Yeah, it was just like four episodes. Like this is your main power. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and you're not using it. Yeah, and that was cheaper Maybe than the blowing up. And right. I wonder that's why like it never really got as powerful. As like we saw it in the future because she just wasn't using it. Mm, and we do know it, it, that exercising your power is a thing in uh-huh. the universe because, you know, Grams made that point and then Piper lost control when she was pregnant. Now, of course, she was pregnant, but, you know, yeah. that was a whole other issue. But obviously it shows that you can, you know, uh-huh. strengthen the power, lose control of it, whatever. Uh-huh. Prue helped her when she was like, have you ever thought about just unfreezing his head? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, let's give it a try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> and she was the one that uh, had her selectively freezing people. Like, uh, Prue's doing more with the, and the one than Piper was. Yeah, yeah and Prue was also uh, the first one to suggest that Piper unfreeze just one person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bane, uh, uh, when in Miss Hellfire at the end, when Piper froze uh, Bane and Barbara's and Prue told her just to unfreeze Bane. That is so true. She did. I didn't even think about that. Remember, and I remember there was another scene. I'm drawing a blank. Um, when they were in the courtroom and she was trying to get Piper to freeze like the whole courtroom, I think, or just the people, was it just the demons? Just the innocent, just, just the, the innocent. innocent. And she was like, try again. I was like, she's in that moment, she's thinking big picture here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, and I feel like that's something that I kind of, even if it wasn't true, I wish I saw the other sisters doing more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like, I'm trying to think. I don't think Prue really pushed Phoebe to like practice her powers. Mostly because Phoebe, I think, kind of practiced hers of her own accord. Uh, They kind of helped Paige through it, even though they had a white lighter who lived in the house and, she, you know, he was like, girl, ain't got nothing to do with me. 
Like <laughs> they were the you ones. Know, that, mm-hmm. You know what's so wild is Leo never tried to help Paige or Mm-mm. And that would have been so useful for them. Like she had to take it up on herself to learn how to orb. Mm-hmm. When you have a white lighter down the hall from you. Yeah. Literally jumping up and down inside of your sister every night. And Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just saying, just for the record. Oh, was she? She was throwing it out there too. <laughs> like and like he never tried to teach her how to heal. Like maybe she would have learned. Maybe she could have conjured up enough love for her sister to learn how to heal if Leo had taught her. If he had actually, because when they when she was trying to heal Cole and she was like, and she was so just aggy and she was like, "Aren't I half white lighter?" And I'm like, "Why did you have to sound that sentence out?" <laughs> you okay and like she, you're not 10 you're still grown exactly and she's like maybe my demon i mean my white lighter half can whatever his demon half and everybody was looking at each other like that doesn't make any sense and they were just like girl okay whatever come on let's try <laughs> and and to be fair it didn't make sense it didn't like nothing about it made any sense i'm like girl how is that gonna offset his head Okay, okay, Miss Mams. Okay, we just gonna go on ahead and we just gonna take your word. Yeah, we don't want to use that that HB word. Um, <laughs> we won't use it, but we are thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking of powers, this is also the first episode that the girls learn that Piper's power does not work outside of the room they're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also uh, doesn't work on good witches. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because she said, you're not frozen? Yeah. She was very shocked, very confused. I feel like she was mad because she was like, okay, the only thing I've been wanting to do is freeze y'all my whole life and I can't even do that? Okay. <laughs> it, but, you know, the wildest thing was is that, um, like, it easily could have been that Piper couldn't freeze her sisters. Mm-hmm. But Phoebe said, oh, you us can't freeze good witches and then they just went with it yes for the rest of the series <laughs> and it would have been funny and it would have been funny if piper couldn't freeze good witches because she thought that because phoebe mm-hmm. planted that idea in her head and she could have the whole time and she could have the whole time, but because we'll never she know that she couldn't she would never try it again and you know how she is <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because I just always found it so strange that that they just took something that Phoebe didn't know. She just guessed. She just she made it up. The information like... to present it in front of her. She just guessed that oh, you must can't freeze good witches, and then they just took that as fact. Mm-hmm. What did mm-hmm. what did Candy say? You just made that up. Uh, you just <laughs> made that up. Like and, and we ran with it. Like maybe, like maybe she, she couldn't freeze them because they're her sister or they're charmed ones. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel nope. like in the Phoebe, earlier seasons. Just say at the first. Sorry, sorry. Go. Can you Go. repeat that? I didn't hear you. Oh, I was waiting on James. I interrupted him, so I was gonna let him say it. Oh no, I was waiting on for you to for you to say what you were gonna say. I was just gonna say I feel like in the earlier seasons, especially season one, they just kind of had them like 
figuring it out as they went and just trying to like make it happen like just yeah. just for their understanding and be like okay this but then they never debunked it and it they just kind of took it the show just kind of took it and was like okay that must be what we, we meant by this when they could have very easily later on had them try to try, uh, have Piper freeze a good witch and then be like Wait. oh so I can freeze all the witches I guess it's just not y'all right because <laughs> it's even like with Piper's freezing power itself you know everybody kept calling it freezing time and even now there are some fans that will read you or try to read you into the ground if you call it freezing time and it's like that's what they called it on the show and the thing is is like the witches from back in the cut you know like melinda's time to them it was freezing time like it wasn't just that i'm freezing right. objects to them it probably really was freezing time and so yeah because wasn't that in the prophecy? But, wasn't the word time actually in the prophecy yeah they yeah. mentioned time specifically. Mm-hmm. And and let's be honest, up until the episode that Piper got her exploding power, the show operated as if she was freezing time. So here's um, here's what was what's interesting to me about that. Is that when she froze Nicholas, I feel like when the clock kept going. And he knew that he had to have been frozen because he only heard a certain number of chimes. Mm-hmm. I feel like even then they were trying to set up that the power worked on a more physical level than like a time level, if that makes any kind of sense. Because, and I'm now, am I, I, I know I'm giving the writers a lot by saying that. Like, okay, I, yeah, I was just about to say, uh, <laughs> it was probably less that then they probably didn't have a good concept of how time works yes exactly (laughs) and like i i think that was probably more so just for the story because yeah you would think like in deja vu all over again her power would have like interfered in some shape form or fashion with tempuses but like maybe not stopped him or reversed what was happening or whatever but kind of like her power wouldn't work for whatever reason and it didn't work because they were in a time loop and so she couldn't actually stop time because it was you know stuck in a rut if they had done something like that that would have been cute yeah yeah I feel like uh, them like whoever writes on Power Rangers has like the tiniest like concept of time, like a graph of time. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> like with Power Rangers, when they reverted back to their children's self, they didn't know if they had reverse time or reverse their ages in any episode. It could be an entirely different explanation of what happened. And then they sent Aisha to Africa. <laughs> right. So, like, and then when time back to normal what did that mean did Aisha end up growing up in Africa or were they always in the right time and she just well because Tanya I don't remember if Tanya could speak English or not when she was little but it was always so interesting to me that when Tanya grew up she oh wait did they meet her as a teenager or a kid I don't remember 
as a kid because they met her before time. Aisha sent little girl Tanya back. Yeah. And it's like Tanya came up in there knowing how to speak perfect English. She had to have had a social security number because she was in school. Like that little boy wanted her to teach, wanted to cheat off of her. And she was like, "Mm -mm, I'll teach you, but I'm not going to let you cheat. And I'm like, okay. So did Aisha teach Tanya? Because I'm confused. Did she assume Aisha anything on paper? Yes. And which begs the question, like, so did their age just reverse and they not go back in time because like she must have known all this mm-hmm. like as a child mm-hmm. but then again see you're just you'll confuse yourself trying to understand you absolutely the power ranges that because then later because tanya's parents went missing and zio didn't uh, yeah, and that, yeah, 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 and weren't they like explorers <laughs> or doctors or something? Right. And so, like, <laughs> when did that happen? A child, I don't know. It was given very Arnold from <laughs> Hey Arnold. His parents went out there in the Congo to go help <laughs> find bananas, a new species <laughs> of bananas or something. The next thing you know, they sleep for thirty years. I listen, listen. I ain't got nothing to do with that because when they reveal that. I said, I just wish y'all had them shipwreck or something because uh, this folks, <laughs> these folks been sleeping gonna... for ten years. Uh, I almost said a word. When you when you watch Zena, you're gonna get mad. There is a twenty five year time jump <laughs> at the towards the end of the show where a lot of people are split down the middle. Where it's like, I won't tell you how or why or what it, how it happens, but it's just like twenty five years. You said twenty five. Uh, <laughs> Am I supposed to just say I'm supposed to accept that you have not aged a day in 25 years? So let me ask this question. And I know I feel like this is spoiling it, but I don't care at this point because now that has made me very curious. Is she like a demigoddess or something? No, she's just a flat out human. Okay. That's it. Okay. But I'll say this. There was a supernatural plan that she put into place that was not supposed to have her out of here for 25 years, but the gods intervened in a way that it was out of her control. So she was just gone. And then she popped back up. Hey. Let me go ahead. Let me just buy the first uh, season of Xena because I'm going to invest money in this. I'm going to invest money and I'm going to invest time because this is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What? Fascinating. Fascinating. I feel like a lot of these shows had the same themes. They just executed them really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. very few <laughs> executed them properly. That part. Yeah. Yeah, because I was telling you that Xena was supposed to end with season four. So mm-hmm. five and six weren't really in the plan. And to me, seasons one through four are great. Seasons two and three are awesome, but three and four are the best of the whole series. Yeah, five and six kind of feel like how they tacked on those last few seasons of Charmed. It's like it's here, we'll keep going, but we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, you're relying on like her kicking butt to to sell you a whole episode where like the writing really might have sucked that whole week. Yeah, I'm interested to see what you think. I'm excited. 
that's gonna have to be next episode next episode i think we're gonna focus on xena because i i have got to watch this this is this is gonna be funny you might we might actually have to have you start with her episodes on hercules first when you first meet her and then her show started like she did i think two episodes on hercules as a mm -hmm. villain and then it spins off to her own show okay okay yeah i she, may she got a popping with hercules let me tell you I may have to figure something out, figure that out, because baby, listen, I have got to see this foolishness because this is my kind of carrying on. This is my exact kind of carrying on. So, speaking of themes, this episode we see Piper struggling with being a witch and trying to come to terms with the fact that she is a good witch because she kind of associates witches with evil in her head she's scared to go into church because she feels like god is gonna you know hit her with that thunder so how did y'all how did y'all feel about that part i i really appreciated it and i liked it because it really it humanized her in a way that i don't think her other sisters really struggled with identity the way piper did mm-hmm and so yeah. the fact that she watched, she was watching that documentary and then she just automatically assumed that God was going to smite her and get her out of here. Mm -hmm. So seeing her struggle outside that church was, for me, I thought she delivered a great performance. And also as a side note, that pastor was kind of fine. Just to put that out there. He, he was very, listen, because uh, baby, I, I, <laughs> let me hush. I, I, I just had to note that. <laughs> but it was great. And honestly, hearing her talk it out with Phoebe and mm -hmm. Phoebe kind of reassuring her like, Piper, you've been the kindest person I've known my whole life. Everybody yeah, knows that. Yeah, that was nice. And that's a that's a thing that you she struggles with throughout yeah. the series and it comes up yeah. several times mm -hmm. and it's like she has to be reminded but it's true. She really is like the heartbeat of the family. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. about it recurring throughout the series mm -hmm. and it's interesting because you know it kind of echoes that same conversation that she had with uh phoebe after phoebe you know murdered Paige, and yep. when yep. the show oh, yeah. think that it was barbie <laughs> that made her think it was him but she really knew it was you know him she knew it was Paige. And so, <laughs> but we get that same kind of moment where Phoebe is having this internal struggle about being evil and Piper's like, no, I've known you your entire life. And it's, it's moments like that that I think really show us Piper and Phoebe are, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say the closest probably of everybody, especially in the later seasons, just because of everything they've been through. But even in the earlier seasons, I think, you know, we've discussed before how Piper defaulted to Prue, but I think in terms of closeness, she probably was closer to Phoebe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At times, but, you know. Yeah. But because I in a lot of ways, Prue was more parentified to Piper at the point, whereas Phoebe was like her little sister. And, you know, I know we called them the Terror Twins, but yeah. outside of that, They've always had a close bond. Yeah, and I think that uh, Piper bonded with Phoebe in a way that she couldn't with Prue. Piper and Phoebe have, like, more of an emotional bond where, like, they maybe, like, don't hang out that much, but, like, 
they have like good talks. Whereas mm-hmm. Piper and and Prue, like they're the type of sisters like who do things together and bond on that level, mm-hmm. even though they might not they might not go into their emotional feelings. Like they'll tell each other about things, but they don't have like those emotional conversations that Piper and Phoebe had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause like you said, like Piper and Phoebe got to be kids together. They got to actually grow up and, you know, experience life together. Whereas Prue was kind of like, want to say on the outskirts but you know she was kind of on the outside looking in from the way they made it seem because she was essentially well, she was their parental mm-hmm. she was a parental figure like really like really their mother and like there's certain things that like like you're not comfortable sharing with your parents that you could yeah. tell to a, a sibling or a friend mm-hmm. and so and that reflects in their adult relationship. Mm-hmm. And I really like, genuinely think that Piper and Phoebe balance each other out because Piper was not a risk taker. She wasn't going to do all of that. Listen, I'm just trying to live my life. I'm trying to eat my SpaghettiOs. I'm trying to watch TV and then I'm trying to go to sleep. That's all I want. And Phoebe, I think, was the one that kind of pushed her to be more spontaneous and experience life a little more whether she did or not I feel like Phoebe was the one that was constantly doing that and that's maybe why she clung to her a little bit because she had that thrill that she wasn't going to get with Prue so it was like you know Prue is comfort and then Phoebe is like my support and if Phoebe gave her the courage to do this because you know she gave her the courage and like the push to do a lot of things and it didn't come across like because I want you to do it but because you should like you deserve to have fun and let your hair down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly and I think once yeah, her even, started... oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say even as like POV characters like they represent the two sides of the audience watching you got Piper you know the skeptical you know doesn't want to be a witch experience this and then you got phoebe who's like really into it mm-hmm. and like i feel like those are the two sides that the two main povs that mm-hmm. one would take watching and those two characters represent and i think a really good example but what were you saying i was just gonna say well i, I forgot what i was gonna say at first but um what you just said i think a really good example of that is in um try by magic when you know they're out there in the you know in the little commune circle thing and phoebe is like girl we gotta connect you know so get out your clothes and piper's like girl you got to be out your last mind and you know just phoebe wanting so badly to connect with this magic not just because she knows she has to but because she wants to and then you know convincing piper who is very hesitant just like always and phoebe <laughs> allowed her to kind of like open that side up and then phoebe heard grams i don't remember piper didn't hear grams at that point she heard grams right no, jeremy at the club yeah uh-huh. Yeah, when she was trying to get that loan by any means necessary. Right. <laughs> she was. Like, even, it, and it just made me think about it, like, how, 
Evie was the first one, you know, to learn how to write their own spell. And Piper was the last, even after Paige. Like, she didn't write her own full spell until she wrote the one to vanquish Curzon in season four. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. even being reluctant to, like, that basic part of magic. And, you know... To look- compared to Phoebe, who was, like, even before she recited her first spell, she was working on it. Like, as soon as Grams and and Patty was like, you can write your own spell, sh- sh- her eyes perked up and her brain started working. Mm-hmm. Baby, Phoebe was... And she was good at it, too. She was. She was so good at it. And I think it... And that's what always makes me so sad about the episode with the smart spell, because Phoebe really thought she was dumb. And it's like, no, you know... Yeah. I think she has such an affinity for things. She probably felt dumb by comparison because it's like everybody is, you know, good at this so they can do that. And then there's kind of her who's just figuring life out, but she was far from dumb. And, you know, I know that some people are going to fight me on this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You know, they decided in season four that Piper was going to be the potions master because, you know, they had a role to fill right before that phoebe really was the one that was making potions phoebe improved kind of equally but phoebe Mm -hmm. yeah phoebe was mixing she was in she was felt like phoebe enjoyed making the potions prue was good at it but phoebe enjoyed making them yes Mm. yes phoebe enjoyed she could like put herself into it and whatever else and then you know i think in season four what happened I think what happened was when Paige got there, they had to have a role filled. And so it's like Piper is the potions master. Phoebe is good at writing spells. And now Paige has to get in where she fits in, where, you know, Piper really wasn't like making potions until season three. And that's why. And it was like one potion that with proof. And, you know, I just kind of wish the show had, you know, acknowledged that they may, were making that shift a little bit more, you know, like season three yep. could have been Piper really starting to understand, like, she's natural at making potions because, you know, they said she was a chef. And it's like, I feel like they kind of tried to do that with in Prewitched when she was, you know, just putting stuff together. And Grams was like, how do you know what to put in the pot, Piper? I mean, my God. <laughs> and you know, you know what? They took that one the show, uh, took that one little moment and blew it up to her becoming a potion master in season four. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I do because I do have some questions about pre-witch. Because Graham was working on a potion to sh- to strip their powers and like Piper, you know, was putting things in. Like, what is she, like what did she think Grams were making? And why would like she th- whatever she thought Grams were making it, why would Piper, whatever she put in it, make the potion work? Right. Like you would think that for them to have two work. different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And because think- Piper was completely coming from it from a culinary experience yes that's exactly what i was about to say at the end of the day you know 
they of course we know that different herbs and ingredients have magical properties but just because she knew how to offset the taste of something doesn't mean that she should have known what magical properties you know go hand in hand with each other because what if she had put two things together that were explosive what if she had put two things that created poisons you know we don't know what the magical properties of child they said listen we're gonna lump it all okay well where she just use where she just use salt and pepper and then uh astro monkey uh they made such a big point to say how you know phoebe was their go-to for potions even calling it what phoebe's pharmaceuticals yes and phoebe was in there phoebe made that potion up like not off the top of her head because she had like a basis for it to separate humans from uh magic or magic from humans yeah phoebe was in there whipping and said okay i'm just gonna adjust it and whatever else because she had an understanding of magic but piper kind of struck me (sighs) Okay. Have y'all ever watched Wizards of Waverly Place? Um uh n- yeah, but maybe an episode, but okay. not enough to be familiar with. But you- okay, so I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but Piper kind of seemed like a reverse Alex Russo, where maybe she had more of an affinity for magic than she realized, but she just didn't care to tap into it. Like, Alex did it because she was late. Like, Alex was naturally gifted at magic, but she was lazy, and so she just would kind of, like, do stuff, and if it worked out, it worked out. If it didn't, it didn't. But I feel like Piper, they could have gone the route of, like, Piper's good at making potions. Piper is good at writing spells when she wants to. She just doesn't care to because she doesn't want to get involved in magic like that. I think that would have been a really interesting route for her to take. And I think that would have set up really well a season four or five where she gets really, really down on herself. But she's like, I know what I'm doing because I think one thing I appreciate about the later seasons, especially starting like season five on, it kind of it got on my nerves for a while until I really thought about it and it made sense that like in season five, they just know stuff. Like Piper, who barely opens the Book of Shadows unless there's a reason to, knows about like chupacabras and, you know, <laughs> all, these, all these other different, you know, things. And it's like, it, it you makes, know she was not reading that book on yeah. her time off. She Piper was not, was not reading that book on her time off. But there is a scene in, and I thought that it was a lie. I really did because I don't be believing people sometimes. Because you know, I low key think I'm I'm an expert on stuff. But one of my friends pointed out to me that in Feats of Clay, when Piper, go, I mean, when Prue comes in the house so she can go yell at Phoebe for finding out that Clay is a thief, or finding out that the item was stolen. Piper is writing in the Book of Shadows, and I was like, "There is no way that she is." But oh, when- yeah, because she had a little, yeah, she had a little posted because she was technically the first person to write in the book, the first sister to write in the Book of Shadows. Like, what was Piper, who didn't care for magic, writing in the Book of Shadows in season one? The first one to conf- be fight a warlock, the first <laughs> one to write in the books, isn't that interesting? <laughs> and then 
Okay, I'm going to really think about this because I don't remember if Wedding from Hell or um the episode with the 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 the, the whatever he was, the warlord whatever. You know the one where there were three proofs. I don't remember which episode yeah. came first. And the reason I'm trying to remember that is I remember I'm trying to remember if her power is the first one that we see that there's like a limit to because you know uh, the way for hell came first okay 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 because what that makes me think about is is the fact that like when she tried to freeze that fly that's the first time we find out like well i mean okay technically we know that her power is the first one we know that has a limit because of the freezing inside the room okay right never mind never mind let me double back and we just talked about that so i think piper's power is the one they put the most limit on because, right and i think even the same can be uh, or especially the same can be said about her exploding power because like it would have just made everything too easy like if they go up against something and piper just freeze freezes it can freeze it it's like okay or, you know, she's in a one room and she decides to freeze something and she can from another, like, that would have been too much. So, as much as I kind of hate that her power was limited so much, because, especially because low-key, I feel like Prue was just, like, throwing stuff. Like, I feel like, I feel like there were very few times where Prue's power didn't work. And when it didn't, it was for yeah. a reason. Yeah. And, she, and then she knew what to kind of do without it. But what I was thinking... Well, I was gonna make a joke. I was gonna say, is that why when she was blowing up demons at the end, they would laugh at her? But I was gonna leave that alone. I do think so, though. I mean, but, I really do think that's a part of it. Because it stopped, like, it, and they weren't even that the high level of demon. They were just like, "Are you playing with me?" Uh, yeah, it's with like just random demons just coming in the house with sunglasses on, and Piper can't blow them up. And I really think, yeah. but Remember? I think that I think <laughs> that limit was necessary with a power like that, though. And I kind of think that's why they yeah. did her like reverse in time, fast forward in time, whatever else. Because yeah. imagine if like every single demon they encountered, she could blow up. Like, baby, what's the point of the show now? Because <laughs> where yeah. we going? Even you? when the Wendigo attacked her. She couldn't freeze freeze her because she was trapped in a phone booth, like that mm-hmm. small space because it was enclosed. Mm-hmm. Even made of glass. Mm-hmm. That's and true. she still can't use her power because yep. it was enclosed. Mm-hmm. That thing got to her. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Sure did. And it's like it's funny because like later on her freezing just becomes like a reaction whereas i feel like in the beginning of the show she either had to be reminded to freeze or she would kind of like think about it she'd be like oh yeah i forgot i can freeze stuff and then yeah. she'd be like boom and then you know just the fact that like season one mama is freezing bullets like when um that gangster was finna sh- uh shoot prue and she froze a bullet right oh are we cutting up all right we tapped in now uh-huh Hmm. but so speaking of like demons and i don't know that i actually said anything about demons but that's is, this is the moment i'm gonna choose to <laughs> speaking of demons <laughs> one thing that you know was brought up 
beforehand when we were kind of coming up with what we observed about the episode were just like demons appearances in this episode and you know episodes in season one versus versus like later on in the seasons because Jobna was disturbing like Jobna scared <laughs> <laughs> and you know i wasn't the one who came up with this agent x was so if you want to take this over i just that was such an interesting point that i had not thought about yeah it's just i think and one of the things that appealed to me in the earlier seasons were the different depictions of demons like none of them looked the same and then what season three kind of but really season four the demons just look like regular humans, and and like one of the one of the purposes of Belthazar going in to infiltrate is that he was half human. It gave him a human appearance, gave him the human experience, and there was supposed to be like their ace and hole to go against the charm ones. And later in the, in the series, we got all the demons looking humans. Mm-hmm. They know everything about human emotions, so it kind of lessened that impact of cold and just took away from one of the things that I really like about the demons. Because that's how you, that was one of the ways you could differentiate between the warlocks and the demons earlier on, because the warlocks had a human appearance because they were witches who turned evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, never, I didn't even think about that that way, especially with the cold, the cold tie in. It because, was a pretty big like, deal that he appeared to be human. Mm-hmm. And they were saying like he can bleed red because he's half human. And I was like, have we ever seen a demon bleed before? Um, was he bleeding when Cole, when uh Leo healed his uh, human side? Was he bleeding? Yes, but he was bleeding. Yeah. Red, they said because he was yeah. Human. But I was thinking like in terms of other demons. Have we ever demon. seen a demon bleed? We saw the Grimlocks, I think. Because they had, cause then they had like a different color blood. Was I it think, green? I think it was green. I think it was green, I think. And then that demon, um, the one that they killed in season five when Wyatt was born, was that, that was Stanley. I think that was Stanley. And when they killed him, yeah. he, he had yellow blood. But typically, we would just see the demons like explode. We wouldn't see them bleed. I don't think before that, and no. it kind of became a plot point. But even I feel like in season two, because okay, season one, I really wish that they had kept the warlock thing because Brendan and his brothers scared me. I remember thinking like, there's no way I should probably be watching this. And I think I was like 11 when I saw the episode for the first time. Because I was like, there's no way that as a child I would be watching that. That was so creepy looking. And I wish they had kept it, but I feel like budget probably is the reason they didn't. And I feel like that may be a, yeah. a lot of the demonic kind of sides, you know, weren't mm-hmm. shown. I kind of wish... Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I just say i kind of wish like they gave them more markings mm-hmm. at least some of the demons had them but like like if all of the demons had like some kind of markings like something that they just can't just blend in with humans to set them apart because i'm gonna tell you right now if i'm in walmart and i saw the kazi demon I, 
listen i don't care if he can read or not I, let me hush because i'm not trying to i'm not trying to get nobody to know. <laughs> i'm not trying to get us banned before we even before we get off the ground please 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 i saw the kaiser demon in walmart and that's all i'm gonna say the bathroom door you gonna get it in decent you gonna get it in decent exposure ticket Mm, we're gonna go in the stall. The bathroom door, you know that you know that one, the 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 one is just the room, the, oh, just right. the bathroom with the change. The family bathroom, I know. The family I, bathroom. I, mean, I didn't I want to say that because I felt I like it was creepy to say. But that one <laughs> the door and a room in which I don't know looks. what you're talking about. I have no idea. I'm just gonna be quiet. I'm gonna hush. I'm just I'm gonna I'm, I'm 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 <laughs> that's how I get myself incriminated. But one thing I really did like about the earlier seasons was at least I think when the demons would explode at the end, like they died differently in those earlier seasons. It was like each one was kind of dramatic in its own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as it went on, it, to me, it got kind of sterile. They would just blow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really just because it, like by then, the demon vanquishes did become just kind of like routine. And then also, I think another reason they probably did that is, you know, in the earlier seasons, we were vanquishing one demon at a time. But in the later seasons, they were vanquishing five, six, you know, whatever at any given time, you know, right? like multiple demons in one go. And I think that was a testament to how powerful they had become. But then just from a budget standpoint, it's like, I can't have this demon blow up dramatically and that one and that one. So. And then some of them got, you know, got the real deal. Like my girl, the crone. That was cute. Oh, she, oh my God. She was so... I can't I wait until we get to talk about the crone. I cannot oh, wait. Yeah. Baby, because my girl ain't ever seen a baby in her life. And when she took... <laughs> <All right. laughs> when she took that the boy... Power. Oh, oh, <laughs> she need to open her mouth by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then they did that I little know that breath. I know her breath had to stink. Well, you know, anytime. Well, like, wait, Piper smelled. But the way she started, she was like, whoa. I was like, girl, no, whoa. I was like, not this girl's thing so bad. You said, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, ma'am, excuse me. It was, it tickled me. It, but she was, hers was good. I love, even though I hate that it, you know, took my girl out, I love the way that the seer went out. I just felt like that was so good. It was so like, you could tell there was power behind it. It wasn't just like, oh, well, she's gone now. You know, it's like, no, you can tell. Baby girl, there was some power that took them folks out. It took all them demons out. It was, oh, I love it. That one pissed me off because she actually should have been the next source and I would die on that hill. Oh, definitely. Yeah, she definitely. could have been a great source. Mm-hmm. She could have easily been the season five villain. She could have. And she would have taken at least Phoebe out of here. She'd have got Phoebe right on up out of here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like there should have been an official reveal that she was behind Prue being killed. I don't care what anyone says. Because I think that would have made a really good mid-season four since they kind of ramped it up and you know took the season five storyline and made it the latter half of season four storyline i think if it if we had seen that she was the one that killed prue 
then it feels more like this is her plan like to become the source and she knew she had to get him out of there and she took out a charmed one and then as a consequence when she saw that they you know reformed the power three that's when she formulated her plan like okay now let me go ahead and come for this you know for this mantle and then she sets the source up to where he's like constantly seeking more power that's going to eventually destroy him so that she and then she manipulates Cole because you do kind of run into like why is she having to do all of this but I think the seer would have been smart enough to know I can't just come at this I have to set myself up for the power as opposed to just mm -hmm. running in it because you know the source they said you know messed his face up in the fight that brought him the power uh, Concretia was not finna be fighting nobody to become the source. Uh, Concretia, that's well, my name for the seer because I don't uh, know. Well, you know, it's my theory that the seer faked that vision that got the source to go after the hollow. She wanted him to go after the hollow. And so mm -hmm. she faked that vision and told him that the charm ones were gonna kill him or vanquish him. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can believe it. I would love knowing him. that he would go after the hollow. And she put and she was trying to get her Emmy uh tricking the source, pretending mm -hmm. like, no, don't get the hollow. And she she wanted it. And she was ready to get cold to get it, get those powers up out of him. So she can get him for herself. If that baby wouldn't have cooked him like an easy big oven, she might have made it. <laughs> oh, if cooked her, he cooked her. He said, "No, we're going to have Memorial Day barbecue, and and you are the meat." A barbecue. Oh, oh, if if it went for that, oh, oh yeah, because she already had the charmed ones right captured. Couldn't use magic. She, oh, that she plan got them. was the way she got them in that case. Like she's, she deserved another season. She really did. Mm hmm. Mm, absolutely because baby when that baby set her locks on fire because it was a, <laughs> I can't say that take nabbit I can't say that but when it set them locks on fire baby that was a wrap what was her line about come to me children or something what was her line come oh yeah that little nurse belongs to let the little children play I think that's what she said I don't know I'll be making up lines in my head so that may or may not be what she said <laughs> I mean you, you sound like other people it, I mean, hey, because you know these people. Are, these people. I'm just gonna hit and say it. The people on Twitter make up their own versions of the show. People on TikTok make up their own versions of the show. So you know what? I should be allowed to make up my own version. That may or may not be what she said, but if it's not, that's what I remember her saying. So that's what I'm going. Is <laughs> what she said. Is what she said. Mm -hmm. As it is written, so it shall be. It's like that sees uh in season seven when Paige is telling uh I think it's Leo about her new charge the one that could move like really fast I remember <laughs> her saying <laughs> I remember her saying that he had about as much power as Piper had in her pinky I remember her saying that but then when I went back and watched it that's not what she said she was like he's supposed to be super powerful or something like that and I was like she just made that up. I was like, Paige, <laughs> Paige just went back in time and she made that line up to make me look stupid because I remember saying something different. And I, I want you to know, I want y'all to know that 
that episode aired in like 2004, 2005, something like that. So that meant, because I just found this out last year. So that meant for like 18 years, I had been thinking that she said one thing and she didn't. <laughs> there were there are people in high school that were graduating high school finna go to college. And I'm still believing that she said this one thing and she did. I like I was I was so embarrassed. Is I just felt so bad about myself. I said, okay. I said maybe I'm not please. a fan. I'm gonna just hang it up, fruit salad. No, no. Can you please hang it up, fruit salad? Pack it up. I. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Um, so you know, evil in the '90s. I feel like was in this transition period where they were trying to make it more appealing and less you know like booga booga and uh-huh. that might be another impact because it was like a cultural thing but that's what I kind of appreciate about Buffy is like Buffy had vampires and they had demons like the demons were easily recognizable there was no like I wonder what that is you knew it was a demon because their face looked completely different it was some sort of right. demon the vampires, when they turned, it was like the vampires you can kind of get away with because you could have someone that's a vampire and they be there for like three episodes and you can get away with not knowing that they're a vampire up to a certain point. But once that face comes, right. that's a wrap. Because mm-hmm. even that, I feel like, is part of that trend of trying to like humanize evil, you know, especially with her and, um, her and Angel it's like <sighs> I'm not even gonna get into her and Angel because that's gonna that's gonna make my head hurt and I just I don't have the energy today I can't wait till I start that show so I can give my expert opinion because <laughs> I can't wait to see what you think uh, from what I hear my timeline and y'all y'all be going up for Miss Summers and crew but some of them, some of them, some of them, because Buffy Shatoya Summers, I'm always gonna go up for her. Buffy who? Buffy Shatoya Summers, I'm always gonna go up for her. Shatoya, Shatoya, yes, Buffy Shatoya, Shatoya. So, all right, y'all. So, you know, we've kind of gotten our charm discussion. Oh no, we haven't gotten our charm discussion out the way. Listen, my favorite part of that episode, besides Phoebe running is that vanquishing spell. I want you to know that the way I was obsessed with the Javna vanquishing spell, like, I probably need help because it was just so cool. It's like, who, I want to know who wrote that spell because whoever wrote it, they were in their bag. They, whoever wrote that spell to vanquish Javna, was in their bag. Evil eyes look unto it thee. Is. May they soon extinguished be. Bend thy will to the power of three. Eye of earth, evil and accursed. Bend thy will to the power of three? We are in episode two and they already telling demons, baby, the power of three is here to stay for the most part. So y- you might as well <laughs> go ahead and get ready. You might as well go ahead and bend thy will. I just... That's, that spell is everything. But it was, it was. This also brings up another issue 
they made it seem like in the first episode that the power of three is like something that they kind of just came up with. Mm-hmm. And then like now it's like all up in the book. Like their ancestors knew about the power of three. You know, I've like, never where did that even come that? from? You know, I have absolutely never thought about that before. They did just kind of throw the power three out there like it was a thing because they so they made a big deal about the charmed ones, obviously. You know, that was the prophecy. I would assume that if they made a a deal about like the charmed the charmed ones existing, that like there was a there were mentions of the power three and powers power of three spells, but that is so interesting. I've never thought about that before. Yeah, but even if uh, like they had did that, uh, uh, Prue Piper and Phoebe didn't have any, they didn't have any knowledge of that because they just came up with it, what they caught. Excuse me, they just came up with what they saw off the spirit board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Prue was like, "Remember, my, remember the spirit board. Remember the, the inscription, inscription on the back, <laughs> baby." But. <laughs> It's interesting that they definitely made it seem like the power three was like Patty mentioning it. And I wish, right. that, you know, something in the book that was like the charmed ones channel the power of three or did. So wait, oh God, I cannot believe I'm forgetting this, but in the spell to give them their powers, did they say the power of three in there? Like mm-hmm. what was the phrase? The power? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Nope. That is so interesting, huh? I'm gonna be thinking about that, like probably for the next week or two. That is so interesting, but and and it goes back to kind of I think something that always sort of bothered me about the show, but it but I think I think it makes sense. Like I've always wanted to know what was so special about them that the power of three existed in them? Like, was the power of three a random power that spawned? Did Melinda's power, her own individual power, did it rival the power of three? And then it lit, because when I know her powers got split in three, but did her power get split in three? If that makes sense. Right, yeah. Because if so... Listen, between her and Wyatt, I see why the elders probably wanted the uh the the Warren line gone because baby, that's too much power in one place. <laughs> it is. That's, that's exactly. If Melinda was it so is. powerful that her power respawned as the power three generations later, it, it, get him up out of here. Yeah, yeah, get, get, because I mean it's unchecked. You can't check a power like that. They can really do whatever they want. Hmm. Because Melinda, I I feel like Melinda and Wyatt are kind of the same where like their power had to be bridled because they lived in times where it was dangerous. Like, of course, Melinda, you do anything. You could fry an egg the wrong way and they would say you were a witch. <laughs> right. You're frying egg, child. But then Wyatt, it's like he lived in an era where everything was so televised and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Like you could easily be exposed as a witch. Yeah. The little MF conjured a dragon. 
conjured a whole dragon. This boy conjured. And it was just flying around the city. Just foolishness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the only reason that he got rid of it was because of Piper. That's it. He didn't want he didn't want his incubator. That's it. Right. He didn't care about nobody in the city. He didn't give a damn about nobody. Mm. Well, he did turn evil five times, six. Say, Who knows? It, probably, it tracks for him, so unfortunately. That's because there's nobody watching him. Yeah. I mean, even Melinda said that when she that she could have easily gotten off the state, but she just she sacrificed her life for her daughter. Would have had to kill all them people and just leave with my child. Please don't bring that up to me because there's no way. There is and no so, way. And so it was. <laughs> oh, hmm? oh yeah. I was waiting on you to finish. Oh, I wasn't saying it. You, you said something. Oh, when you said there's no way. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. My bad, y'all. I I was just kind of saying there was no way, but I was also like my. Oh, I thought you had something. Oh. To Oh, it sounded like something was going to follow it. <laughs> I was just saying, like, there's no way. Because my thing is, is like, okay, you were a suspected witch. No, you didn't use your powers to get down, but you were still a suspected witch. Your daughter might not have been safe as the daughter of a suspected witch. Because if she makes one false move, and clearly, even if she didn't have magic herself, which she may or may not have, but even if she didn't have magic herself, you left her a giant leather-bound book with a <laughs> symbol on the front. And you open it up and it's like, book of shadows. You want to learn some magic? Here's your go. And it's like... Please. please. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, well, she did say it was thin. Yeah, she did but say still, it was the book of magic. It's a book of magic. Like, but then it makes me wonder what did the original book look like? Was it just like a pamphlet? It was just like a probably it's like a watchtower. <laughs> yeah. Probably had about two spells in. <laughs> Please leave me alone. Please. I, 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 I want to know what spells did she put in the book? To discourage a level. Uh, um, did she did she write the how to banish a a sixon? A suksin, a suksin. Uh, well, did she, put, did she put that in the book? Well, apparently the elders put that in, and I want to know when did they do that? Well, they I never did. It. It just came in and out the house. They put it in last anytime. week. They put it in there last week. They and, did. And I'm sorry. They they expect us to believe that the spell to bank to vanquish a suksin was in that book, and no one noticed it. No one thought about, hmm, what's a suction? <laughs> what is what is this, honey? Because <laughs> and then wait, suction is nexus spelled backwards. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I wonder. No, they play they play with us with that one. <laughs> they really did, especially because especially when they talk about, especially Phoebe done read that book backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple episodes where Prue really like was going through like the whole. Book. You tell me she ain't never seen it. Uh huh. And I know Page right indexed the book. Yeah. Page would... indexed the book. So when she wanted to know, huh, is a sucks and good, evil, or neutral? I mean, because my good sister stole the book out the house. I know she would have saw it. She was trying to photocopy it and everything. She took it right on the Kinkos and said, let me go on ahead. The only book. one 
The only one I don't expect to see was Piper. <laughs> Piper said, Piper said, this ain't gonna Or if she did see it, if she just went right past it. She, because she tried, say? if she did see it, she just went past <laughs> it because she ain't tried to figure out where the Slipson was. Mm-hmm. Last week, when he said, uh, and she had premonition, she wouldn't have told him. If she saw that spell, she was never gonna mention it. Uh uh-uh. uh. Baby was never gonna say nothing about. I holler, child, when I tell you that tickled me. That me, and then my thing is like, this, okay, this is what's what was like here. What was kind of queer about that to me? Why would there need to be a spell in there in the first place? Like I know she kind of gave like that haphazard, you know, response to it. But my thing or reason why? But my thing is like, at what point did the elder say? In history, I'm not even going to say in that moment. In history, at what point would they have said, you know what, this nexus of spiritual energy, we need to vanquish this. At some point, we may need to vanquish this. So here you go. Here's a spell to do so. The elders, oh God, never mind, they're so messy. And, and, <laughs> and I have my issues with the nexus even being able to be vanquished, but that's neither here nor there. I'm sorry, but did they really need to put the spell in the book with how sorry it was? I'm sorry. Any other charm ones could have came up with a better spell than the one that they put in that book. Anybody mm-hmm. could have. Why well, could have came up with something better than that? <laughs> Listen, okay. From inside the womb, actually. That because part- if that's the kind of because if that's the kind of spell that it takes to vanquish the Nexus, th- that's something that you could just come up with off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Even Patty could have did that one. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's simmer down. Well, I think well, I think we may be taking it a little too far now. <laughs> you don't think she could have at least handled that one? <laughs> like the spell to the spell to vanquish Eames was more complicated than the spell to vanquish the Nexus. Yes. Please. Yes. I'm, I'm rejected. Y'all just, like please. And then you know. That makes me question the limits of the power of three because they were still kind of on the ropes at this point and they were desperate. So the power of three, you know, as they had shown us, had just kind of gotten back together because they said the power of three spell where they could get the book. You're telling me that at no point could they have written a power of three spell to vanquish Zanku, but they were able to vanquish the Nexus inside of Zanku? Like what? Yeah, that also makes no sense. If you could destroy the Nexus, you can destroy Zanku. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it it doesn't make sense. You vanquish the source. Mm-hmm. 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 And <laughs> clearly the source, he may not, I'm not going to say the source was more powerful than Zanku, but he was at least as powerful as Zanku if he could, you know, go up against him in battle and then end up, you know, imprisoning him. So you're telling me the power three can't handle that? But you know what? The thing that bothers me the most is that we don't know because they never tried. They never mm-hmm. tried vanquishing mm-hmm. Zanku. We never saw a potion or a spell that they used and failed mm-hmm. to vanquish Zanku. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. We sure didn't. 
they never even gave it a shot. They just said, baby, listen. They, they, they just gave it up and said, you know what, you got it. You can have it. They just they just assumed that the stuff that they use on the source when working on Zanku, that he would have found a way to you would have found a way around him. You mean to how would he have found a way around the power three? Mm-hmm. What would he have done? Nothing to get around it. Mm-hmm. This little MF been locked up for thousands of years. Was kind of funny too, though. Just gonna put that out there as well. Oh, he was definitely fine. Most definitely. Not that level. Probably. He's uh, probably top three villains for me because he was able to break them down in a way that was it was beautiful to watch from like an entertainment point. I mean, it was hard to watch my girls be down so bad, but it was great to see. He had them on the ropes. Like Piper and them were ready to give up, pretty much. Mm-hmm. What I, I liked about the final bad. Well, supposed to. And then they needed another season out. We were looking for people in the cave. <laughs> okay. Like, Pe- Pebbles Flintstone up here uh, giving us trouble. Yeah. And what I really liked about Zanku and then that final episode of season seven was. He did the same thing that the source did, mm-hmm. but went about it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like the like the source used the hollow, you know, stole their powers. Zanku uh, did it by weakening the book and using their own magic against them to take their powers and got mm-hmm. them down to just one sister. Thank God for her. Mm-hmm. Without and both of. And both of their downfalls were that they focused on getting the third sister's powers instead of dealing the killing blow. If you were smart, you would have actually taken Paige out first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or even when you got the second power, if either of them had went after the sisters then, it would have been over. Mm-hmm. But they want. They wanted all three. They agreed, got them. They wanted all three powers, and it was the downfall of both the Source and Zanku. And Barbus. Let's not forget Barbus because when he could have very easily become the Source when he had Cole's power, which would have tripled his power because uh, he was already strong in his own right. Then he had Cole's power, right. and if he got in the hold of the Source's uh magic, baby, he would have been unstoppable. But he was so hell bent right. on revenge outright. That's what missed him up. And right. And like if like he could have just vanquished them, but now he had to make him suffer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. look what happened. Yep. And then he was sitting up there looking stupid, uh crawling in behind Gideon. <laughs> okay. Ain't nobody got time. So you know uh, and then that just made me think of all this trouble that Barbara's uh, put, them, put them through. They could never vanquish them until season seven with some random potion. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't even vanquish them. They banished them, right? Because Well, you know, in season eight. seven, mm-hmm. we, know, we didn't see them after season seven after they mm-hmm. vanquished them with their potion. Yeah, I was thinking about in season eight. Yeah, eight. I was thinking about in season eight when Christy was like, 
you know, when she, uh, not Christy, Billy had ch- turned the page, uh, yeah, uh, Barbus's page, and they were like, You want us to summon Barbus? Are you insane? And I was thinking, like, Okay, so Barbus isn't really gone, he's just gone, like, he ain't here, he just ain't, you know, that was the implication I got. Yeah. From it, was that and even here. if, and even if still, all it takes to, to banish him is the potion now, but he was giving y'all trouble all this time. But we know who got rid of him by herself. Right. Mm-hmm. But we won't oh, toot that horn. We won't toot it. No, I feel so bad for Paige when they was talking about that in season five. Prove it. So, she, <laughs> and she was so excited. There was, like, she was so excited about there being a way to vanquish Barbara's or banish him. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, yeah. Oh no, we can never do that. <laughs> Only proof good. <laughs> and now, to be fair, and yeah, oh God, I hate playing devil's advocate. My God, to be fair, I think that that was more of a reflection of their of how they had grown as witches, because, like you said before, and kind of how the show changed Barbara's character because. In the beginning, he could only be, you know, defeated by you overcoming your you know, biggest fear, which is why Prue was able to take the lead on that because she was the one who had, I think, the biggest stuff to overcome. And then, you know, later on, it just kind of became like, these aren't season two witches anymore. These are season eight, I mean, season seven witches. They're able, they have more ways to get done what they need to get done. And I think it was kind uh-huh. of a reflection of that. And then also the fact that Barbus's MO had changed. He wasn't just bound to fear anymore. He was kind of more on terms with just like your regular run-of-the-mill powerful demon where he could be yeah. stopped as opposed to like there's only this single way to take him out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because when he was first on there the only thing that he could do was you know manipulate fear and then by the time he was banished or vanquished in season seven he was flaming he was throwing energy balls Mm-hmm. He really was the run of the mill demon, mm-hmm. and even his fear based powers weren't even hidden like that. No, they weren't. Like, like when, in season one, like, like he was doling out the fear, mm-hmm. like enough to kill you. But by season seven, it was more like a nuisance, and you voice in your head. And it was that that point where you also saw him become a little scared at one point. Hmm. And it was yeah. interesting to see it flip back around because you are the one that's been terrorizing everybody, but now you are fighting tooth and nail and you're starting to show your fear a little bit. I thought that was kind of cool, actually. I do also love the actor and I just shout out to him. Didn't he, didn't he leave us? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He He's in one of them rooms, child. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to say which one, but... <laughs> okay, well, shout out to him. He's in one of... I hope... Wherever he hope is. He, I hope he packed light, I think. That's what you're saying? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I, ain't got I can I ain't neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> right on out of there. Okay. <laughs> Barbus. Uh, so, Barbus and Gideon. 
kind of remind me of this is switching gears just a little bit especially Gideon kind of reminds me of Tywin Lannister a little bit where like he thought he had such a foolproof plan that it ended up backfiring right like Mm -hmm. there was no reason for him to have trusted Barbas in the first place because listen Barbas was about Barbas and then he, he had such a huge plan playing with reality like that that it was bound to fail i mean if it wasn't for good barbers telling you know them what happened it's like probably would have ended up i think he would have gotten closer but i well i mean i say that obviously they stop him at some point because you know the whole reason why it turned evil was because he was orbiting around the underworld for months but which i still don't understand how his you know parents left him down there for weeks and months or whatever it was but you know there will you know yeah let they go yeah yeah because uh, i think they said in uh old future uh he was with gideon for a while with yeah. gideon trying to kill him and then and they're impressed on upon him evil t- that good is evil Mm-hmm. If this person of good was like trying to kill me for however long, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you should have ripped Gideon. Oh, then Mister should have ripped him wide open. Oh, that part. And, and it's interesting to note that evil Wyatt speaks with like a slight British accent. Yes. Same Gideon's. Yes, and then like I, I noticed that. Mm-hmm. He has a very slight English accent. Like, but I also I don't know if he's Canadian or not, because there are certain words that he says very interestingly. He says, like, family, leave my family alone. And I was like, yo, what? Your what, baby? <laughs> I don't know if he has a natural accent or just what. But there were definitely times where he would say words very uh, well, you know he went to Juilliard. Ew, so he's naturally dramatic. Yeah, what? because well, he is American. I just looked that up. But, that man was born um, in Kentucky. <laughs> I'm up here giving him all but, of it. That man was born in Kentucky. But you know, he studied at Juilliard. Uh, cause you know, that's his that's his and his fans' defense. Uh whenever someone would say that he couldn't act on General Hospital. But that he went to Juilliard. They said that he was trying to give a Shakespearean performance as a uh, Peter. Oh my sweet. <laughs> it's kind of like to me in Dream Girls. I never because when I was younger, I never realized that there was, you know, a difference in different type of actors or actresses because Anika Nani Rose kind of got on my nerves as Laurel sometimes because she would like over enunciate words and she would be like unnecessarily loud to me at certain points but then when i found yeah. out she's a theater actress i'm like oh she's used to projecting her voice yeah. and having to enunciate so people can understand what she's saying so i'm like okay yeah. that makes more sense now in you know mm-hmm. this context and there's a lot a lot of reasons why like the soap operas was so dramatic because a lot of them used a lot of the actors used to do theater on the side mm-hmm. but like all the new york soaps are gone now so yeah they can't really do that as much as they used to because mm-hmm. now you have to go 
you have to go across the country if you want to do theater and you really have to take time off yeah. from the show because you just can't be going back and forth so we really lost a lot when we lost the new york soaps mm-hmm. child speaking of the soaps it is it, let's just go ahead and, and get them on out the way <laughs> Uh, won't want to do any other shows. Try want to get into the stuff because okay, it's about to be some mess. You know, let's just go ahead and talk about the soaps because I, okay. we, I I've been waiting on this part. You you started off which which one which story do you want to start with? Should we go from least to should we go from I would say the best to worst, or should we just start out with a bang? Let's start with Bold and the Beautiful. That's probably been the least offensive lately, <laughs> which is a wild thing to say about Bold and the Beautiful. The least offensive? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, we have the rise of Thope, mm-hmm. Thomas, and Hope. <laughs> I really hope that they do something with this because this is out of the four years of Liam, Hope, and Thomas so-called triangle, which is in a triangle. This is the most fun that I've had since it started. This is the first time that, like, I'm rooting for Hope. Like, like I, I, like, a month ago, you would have told me that I hope that Thomas and Hope would hook up. I would, I probably would slap you because there's no way. <laughs> That's slap. But because, like, I didn't want those two to get together at all. I wanted Thomas away from Hope. Mm-hmm. But seeing Annika just step up, like, she's been acting these past couple of weeks mm-hmm. with her feelings for Thomas and. Yo, now I can see them having like a, like a little affair. They got their family against them, Romeo and Juliet type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if th- if this was anyone other than Brad Bell writing this, we would get that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is and I, I could, could do without. No, I just gonna say I could do without Liam complaining to anyone who would listen about Thomas. Like, you know that you can't have. Well, no, I don't know if I should say that on the podcast, but <laughs> you can. like you. It doesn't have to be Hope and Thomas. There could be Hope and Thomas, and if you're so obsessed. Mm-hmm. Because if every conversation you have is about Thomas, you need to reevaluate your your feelings for Thomas. Yeah, because yeah. that's not healthy. But you just be talking about this person, like the exactly. And Liam is so boring now in his current iteration he always has been but i think it's just on full display now that he has absolutely nothing to do because of the way that he's just running around talking to wyatt who the fact that they dug wyatt up specifically for like the sheila stuff and now he's just sitting around so he can talk to uh liam it's like okay 
and right. I, I just I'm listen when Annika first got there. Well, I'm just saying when Annika first got there, I wasn't sure how I felt about her because they just kind of like threw her in the story. But she's a really right. good actress because I remember when um she thought Beth had died, baby, when she was in yeah. that bed wailing. I was wailing with her and I'm not talking about hunting for whales because my God in heaven, she was like, she looked distraught for real. And you can tell she's kind of been like disassociated from the show for a little while. Like she doesn't seem like she's really invested, but here right. lately mama has been putting in the work and the way she looks at uh Thomas some days, I'm like, girl, do you know behind what's, what, what, what's going when, yeah, that's what really sold me on the two of them. Like the way she was looking, like I had never seen that from her. Mm -hmm. You definitely don't see it between her and Liam. Like they could be brother and sister at this point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I I'm sorry, and I guess it's just the Leffy fan in me. But I've or Steam fan. I don't know why I said Leffy. I meant Steam. Because I genuinely feel like Liam and Steffi have always had the better chemistry. Whether yeah. it was with Annika or it was with Kim as Hope, I feel like he's always had, like, he actually, in the same way that Annika is coming alive with Thomas, I gen or with, uh, what's his name, Matthew? I genuinely yeah. feel like that's the only time that he's ever had any real chemistry with anybody because they just play so well off of each other and I think that he can yeah. take the character in like this kind of like live out loud direction and I think that's the same yeah. thing that's happening with Annika is like they're doing a, I say a good job a good job for them of this juxtaposition yeah of you know everyone saying that she's a good girl and she's so when she goes quote unquote bad baby she's gonna cut up she might get pregnant i don't know right. like she is gonna be doing handstands in a minute if you know what i'm saying like when when she lets loose <laughs> that's gonna be a wrap yeah and and the thing with uh liam and hope like i don't think it could be any actor, but I don't think the two characters are ever going to have chemistry because how they're written from the writer's point of view, they're the same person. Mm -hmm. Like they're the hero, heroine, they have this moral compass of the show, um, even though Liam would cheat with anyone who, who mm -hmm. looks at him. But he's still, mm -hmm. from the writer's point of view, is seen as like the honest hero. And so when you put that with another honest hero type, it's just going to be boring because mm -hmm. neither one of them are going to generate conflict. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's gonna have to they have to be right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, like, even. Like, for Liam to cheat, Hope had to do something wrong. Mm -hmm. But Hope couldn't do anything wrong, which is why Thomas had to kiss the mannequin. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. But and then, but, and then what's so interesting about that is, like, 
this iteration of Hope and Liam, they got together through an affair, right? Like he was having an affair with right. Hope. Was were him right. and broken up at that point, or were they breaking up? I don't remember. I remember he was having sex. They, yeah, and even that had to be like Steffi had to do it first mm-hmm. for Liam to cheat with Hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were they weren't they were kind of separated. They hadn't divorced yet. Liam kind of was like trying to figure out if he still wanted to be with Steffi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that, yeah, this iteration started with an affair. An affair that had to be the fault of someone else. It couldn't be just Liam having an affair. Mm-hmm. It had to be because he was pushed to it. Mm-hmm. And so, and like Steffi, she's that kind of person, like, you know, she can mess up. Yeah. And like she could generate her own conflict, but those two they can't. So and when you have that type of couple, you're always gonna have to lean on other people for a story because mm-hmm. you can't generate your own. Because mm-hmm. neither of them are allowed to make a mistake. If nothing else if, if an external force then push that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, they're one of those couples they need if you're going to keep them together long term they need to shake mm-hmm. up every now and again they they yes. cannot be allowed to just sit still because if they do right. you're going to see they have no chemistry and it's interesting because it's like I've always thought of Liam as a Nick Newman type character where he doesn't know what to do if there's not a woman somewhere around him and mm-hmm. you with him okay with Nick, I feel like he at least has women that he does have good chemistry with, whether it lasts or not. They do sometimes find women that he has good chemistry with. Liam just is a dud no matter what. Because I th- love yeah. Scott Clifton to death. I just don't think he's interesting. I mean, he seems like he's an interesting person, but as an actor, he just doesn't seem interesting. Wait, you know what? What it is like, he's a fine actor, but he's not a romantic lead. Mm, there you go. Okay, I like that. He's I like that. like he like like he could sell like whatever story, you know, have his own adventures, whatnot. But like, he's not one of those actors where we want to see him with somebody explore that relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's. It's not working. Mm-hmm. He's, I, I don't want to get in trouble, but he's like a character, uh, actor on the General Hospital. Oh, which one? Chad uh, Duel, who plays oh. Michael. Oh, he is now, he seems like he's just a boring person. He, like, this is the, the, the thing about him. I think Michael has run his course as a character. And Chad does not, to me, I'm going to say to me, I'm not going to say what he did. What, he does not appear to be interested in that role anymore. Now, he may love Michael to death, and that may be his passion project. To me, sometimes when I see him acting, it's just like he's there to get the check. Like, he definitely, it definitely seems like he phones it in. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
every now and again, depending on the storyline, he can kick it up. Like, I'm not saying he's not a yeah. good actor, but he just yeah. seems like he is genuinely over it. And I really think it's because Michael, I think they're keeping Michael on because he's a legacy character and they could they could stand to lose him. I think they'd be okay. If Michael Corinthos left today, I think I'd be all right. Yeah, especially because like we have not had a break from Michael since he was born. Like, you know, there have been like times when like he was in a coma when they had to, you know, age him up. But other than that, we he's been on canvas since he was born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like with no real break, no chance that we'll never see him again, no rest. Mm-hmm. And, and they and they want him to be, you know, the leading man of his generation so badly yeah. that they keep generating these stories that flop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and he's he's another one. I keep coming back to Nick because I feel like Nick is in that same category where I think Nick could take about six months off and, and we will be okay yeah. because he just, he's a legacy. No one is saying you have mm-hmm. to keep legacy characters off. No, you know, but he's one of those characters that you can't just keep throwing him at stuff and hopefully it works. Let him have a break. Right. Or at least push him in the background. Yeah. Put him in a coffee house with Sharon. Yeah. They know how to do it because they do it to Sharon. Yep. Exactly. And you could have him be an investor or whatever. He own half of it again, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, we just go back to them every now and again. We see them running the coffee shop like Nick needs. And I feel kind of bad. I feel like Victoria. I'm on the fence about saying that about Victoria, because I think she's a character that you can put her in something and you can get something out of her. Whereas Nick, his storylines t- tend to be women. Yeah. And I would like to see Nick. Well, first I'm going to say, I think they do a good job of putting Victoria in a place where a storyline makes sense. Like she has a lot of business storyline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though they probably could, it's, they probably could give her well, they are doing something with her innate, but she could probably use a, a romantic storyline. But like as far as the stories that she has now make sense for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but I- where, yeah. Yeah. Cause Victoria, I'm s I I don't know how I feel about Victoria as far as her love life goes because I feel like she's always that ill-fated beauty. She's always the one who like her love life is just a mess and you know they throw these different men at her and it's kind of hard to get emotionally invested because you know it's not gonna last. Like you already know it's not going to. I was obsessed. I did not like Victoria, but I was obsessed with her when her and Billy were together. I felt like Billy, okay, let me go back. Billy Miller's Billy, because I think Billy Miller's Billy brought out the fun in her. He brought out that spontaneity. He brought out that whimsical side. I think he let her 
be her but then also showed her there's more to life than just Newman Enterprises and that is why for me I think I know there are a lot of people who like who watch the character back when she was a teenager you know they'll say like Cole or somebody was her best parent for adult Victoria I think Mm-hmm. Billy Miller's Billy was probably her best parent. Not just my favorite, but I would say arguably one of the best. Yeah, that made me think of, um, and you know, you said how she's fated to have like these your ill fated relationships. I would like for her to have like a tragic ending, like for one of her next relationships. And one that's just going so well. And it just doesn't end because, you know, the man betrayed her. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I want both of them to, like, really be in it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, something happens, the man gets canceled or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up dying because cause you, you can kind of see it in, like, in their performances. Mm-hmm. Like, with Ashlyn, both Ashlyn's, that the the relationships kind of felt fake, yeah. Because because Victoria's kind of going in it uh, distrustful, and then the man's going in it, you know, with a plan to deceive her. So it's like we never really get to like the full potential of like we never like we won't get uh, her and Billy again because yeah. there's always an agenda with her relationship. Yeah. And and the actors kind of play into it. Like mm-hmm. they like a what's her name? Amelia. Yeah, Amelia Hine. Uh, Amelie. Yeah. Yeah. Like she goes into it, you know, kind of like knowing that this relationship isn't gonna last. And that's kind of the way her relationships are set up. And I yeah, and I just want that Billy and and Victoria relationship to happen, but that's that's not going to happen if they're going to keep on writing that the man is going to betray her. Mm-hmm. And I really, I kind of think another part of the problem too is they not going nothing is going to work for her until Victor is gone. I hate to say right, that, but if Victor, there is no way at this point in Victoria's life her father should still be that much of a barrier to a successful relationship. Like Victor puts his hand in everything that she does. And even if, you know, no matter what level of meddling he does, he always ends up becoming a problem. But then the bigger overall problem is that she forgives him. He had Billy Mm -hmm. kidnapped and, and sexually assaulted. And right no one brings it up. I think they brought it up recently. I can't remember if it was in the past year or so they brought it up, but I think they kind of like whitewashed it and just sort I, of moved on from it. Like, no, it happened. Yeah. I think after Chelsea's incident, it came up again. Yeah. Yeah. And his part in it. And it's like, he's done these heinous things. You know, he's paid her men to leave, stuff like that. You know, he's the reason that JT even got custody of Reed in the first place. He constantly right. is is meddling and doing something. And 
I feel like she almost has the mindset that Victor does now that like nobody is going to be good enough anyway. So why even get attached? Right. Yeah. And even if they were Victor, find some way mm-hmm. to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And like, like really none of his children are going to have, uh, except mm-hmm. for Abby, because he doesn't care about Abby. Yeah, he don't uh, care. But Adam and Nick aren't going to have <laughs> a successful relationship either. Because even though he doesn't push as much with them as he does with Victoria, he's always meddling. He's always in their ear. He's always in the women's ear to mm-hmm. the point where if it's not directly because of him that they break up, mm-hmm. he's worn that da- he's worn them down enough where anything can break them up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, but back to Victoria, she's not like she can't even go to work without him. Like she's supposed to be the CEO of this company. Mm-hmm. And then Victor is still trying to make all the decisions. Yeah. And then throwing in her face when he can, you know, that that's his company. And not right. her. now I will admit he did. He did read her when she was talking about, oh, you just want to throw Adam a company and whatever else and just hand it to him. And he was like, don't forget that this is my company. That job running. And I was like, oh, I said, baby, I would have shut my mouth right then and there. I wouldn't have said nothing else. Right. But there was, but uh, there was only going to be so many times you want to say that this is your company before I tell you to come back and run it. See, okay, now the thing about that is, Victoria would never do that. I, I really don't think she would ever go that far because she thinks that no. company is her birthright and her birthright alone, and I don't think she, she would yeah. ever go that far. No, she wouldn't even bluff. Mm-hmm. About it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how are you yeah. feeling about her and Nate? Uh, I think it's like it's a fine affair. I don't expect them to be lasting. Uh, but now there's rumblings about uh Nate having his agenda with her, trying to take the company. I don't know how true that's going to be. Mm-hmm. I kind of hope it's not. I don't need another man betraying yeah. Victoria, especially so soon after Ashlyn. Mm-hmm. But I don't expect it to be some serious relationship. Oh, no. God, no. And, you know... But at, mm-hmm. I, the only thing I hate is that like it wasn't a full-blown-out affair before they got caught. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Sneaking around and all that. But the thing uh, is, I think part of the reason that they just went ahead and did it, it was, let me just speak for my personal. I am not invested in Nate and Elena as a couple. No. Like, if this had been like she was having an affair with Michael, that'd be a completely different scenario. Because it's like we are invested in Lauren and Michael. They have been married for like what 18 years at this point yeah and if if she were fooling around with michael 
baby, there will be some consequences to be had. Like, it, it, listen, yeah. everything will blow up. But with it being Nate and Elena, I think, number one, Nate and Elena are such a new couple anyway. But then on top of that, mm-hmm. they're not exactly the most exciting couple. I think right. they just went ahead and did it. They were like, let's just go ahead and get this woman the storyline. Yeah. I mean, because before then, what was Elena even doing? Nothing. On a podcast and cooking pastries. And when they said, when they brought up the podcast, you know, when Nate had quit Chancellor Winners, I was like, oh, podcast. Mm-hmm. They had to think, oh, she did. Yeah, because everyone was doing podcasts. Billy and Chelsea and whoever else. But like, I had forgot all about that. Cause she just, she's just there. And I like her in her scenes with Mariah and Tessa. And so mm-hmm. it's like she can she can be exciting, you know, if they give us something to do, but like her and Nate mm-hmm. just didn't work. Like they weren't set up to work. Like mm-hmm. cause they they were so opposed, like just about on everything. Yeah. Now I remember someone making the point that uh she was better with Devon because they have like the same outlook on life, the same values. Yeah. And yeah. so like, even they were kind of similar, like it would have worked better between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't be as bad as, as uh hope and Liam. Yeah. Although, although well, Devon, uh, he don't mind getting down and dirty. And he definitely don't mind cheating. So okay. he can generate his own, he could generate his own conflict. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those things where it's like they were running full speed to make sure they um could put him back with Michelle Morgan. Like you could tell that was the whole reason. There was nothing else yeah. they were trying to do. Baby, they were running trying to make sure that the two of them got uh, you know, were in scenes together. And then look how that turned out. Right. Uh Devon and Amanda, yeah, didn't work for me at all. No. Uh, no. I, they're one of those couples that the magic between the actors had kind of dimmed a little bit and they could have just let yeah. them go because it was yeah. like, what are we, what are we doing here? And part of the magic of Devon and Hillary was their history. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and some of the chemistry that they generated came from the story, to be honest, more than like the character that than the actors themselves. Mm-hmm. They genuinely felt like they had overcome stuff to be together, so. right? And and like they hate each other, and and, and a lot their hate kind of generated a lot of passion, and so just him being with Amanda, it just wasn't the same. And like I and I like. Well, I can't say I like because I really don't even remember him and Elena. It's been so long. It has. But him, but him and Elena couldn't have been worse than Elena and Nate. Elena and Nate, they just, I, I hope they keep them apart. I hope it's done because my God in heaven, I, I, I'm i good. I'm yeah. so good because they they need to let that go. 
Yeah, put well, they might as well test Elena out with uh with chance. Cause yeah. he seemed to be having chemistry with all the all the women. Yeah. That they test them with. And I don't understand why they not why they not uh pouncing on it. I'm I'm just I wish they would go ahead and make him a ladies man, but you know, I if he gives Sharon something to do, okay, I'm fine. And like I'm I'm fine with him and Sharon because one they they do have some good chemistry and two, like I don't see it being serious for mm-hmm. either of them. No, they're you can tell they're they're saving her for Nicholas and let's uh, just he and put them back together and move on. My God, and yes. Nick, we can be done with this Sally storyline, please. Oh my good. <clears throat> well, we might as well discuss that. First of all, why does it feel like Sally has been pregnant for five years? Like she just, I want. I was about to say uh, she needs to go up, go on and hurry up and have that baby, but. Really, at this point, she needs to lose that baby. Oh, not losing. But you're right. I mean, because it's like they keep and then they keep going back and forth between what they want her and Adam to be. You know, one minute they're really enjoying the fact that she's pregnant and they're, you know, so happy with each other. And they're looking at sonograms. And now they're standing around in the coffee shop with her telling him, you know, you need to stop telling me you love me. You need to stop this and that. And I'm like, okay, so are y'all getting along or are you not? Because now I'm confused. Right. Like, I I could buy this relationship more if one of them just seemed happy some of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Nick and Sally, it's like it's like someone has died every time they talk about each other or sharing the scene with each other. Mm-hmm. Like at least pretend like you want to be together. Like please, please. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Like, it's so mel. Like this whole storyline is so melancholy. The only one who's even excited about this baby is. Is Adam? Mm-hmm. Well, they keep they keep linking Sally's happiness to it because she's clearly happy about it, but they keep linking her happiness to Nick, which is the problem yeah. and why it feels like she's going in between emotions because she she stops herself from being happy so she can make Nick right. Happy. Yeah, and and it comes off that she's sad every time she talks about the baby. Mm-hmm. And, and it's either that or she's talking about what could go wrong with the baby mm-hmm. or she's not going to be a good mother mm-hmm. it's, and so it's really makes it seem like she doesn't want this baby at all and it's like why didn't she just get get an abortion if she's going to act this way yeah yeah I mean it may, it makes zero sense whatsoever but i think that's because the show is over investing in nick and sally and they're trying to make mm-hmm. it seem like they're the next big super couple and nobody cares right like and, and, and like given the writing and given the acting i don't know if it's acting choices or directing choices but just the way they interact with each other you just don't 
get that this is the couple that you're supposed to be rooting for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you know, and I think that's a problem a lot with soaps these days is whenever they try to do the triangle, they make it so clear the couple that they're ruined that they're gonna write as end game. Because the other branch of of the triangle is they make it so like forced, like either one or both of them don't want to be in a relationship, but they're like doing it out of obligation. And like, no, I don't want that. I want two people who are in love with each other. And then comes this third person that has one of them like questioning their feelings. But now it's just like, yeah, I'm with you. I like you. We don't really have anything in common, but we're together. We're going to do this. Yeah. But I'm pining for such and such. Yep. Because Like, this no. this whole thing worked when they did it with Nick and Phyllis simply because he had history with Sharon. He had a family with Sharon. There was a reason for us Right. to feel that tug and pull. You know, but with Sally, it's just like, what are we doing? Yeah. So... Well, that makes me wonder, speaking of pregnancies, how is your girl Nicole doing on Days of Our Lives? Oh my goodness. And that's also who I was thinking about uh with the triangle thing. Although now it's like a quad. Uh but I see it more with Nicole than with Eric. Nicole, ever since they Uh, decided that, that even though they broke them up there since they decided they were going to get back together they just have Nicole just sleepwalking through her relationships and then just pine away for Eric Mhm. Mm and like even with like even with her and EJ now like this Like, it could be a really good relationship. Like, from EJ's side, like, he's giving it his all. But Nicole is just, she doesn't seem to be into it. Yeah. It's just, she's thinking, always find some way to think about Eric. And Mhm. now Mm she's pregnant. Um, and she's, <laughs> like, the fact that they thought it was menopause, <laughs> is so That's a sign that we shouldn't be doing this story. exactly exactly and my thing is let her and Eric be together we have been doing this for years let her and Eric just be together and move on at this point because I don't understand the need to like take a happy couple that you know they've been pining for each other for years and now they're finally together I don't understand the point in immediately breaking them up I, I, I just don't understand Right. It's so weird to me. Yeah, they're too old. And like they should be able to communicate. Yeah. But you know what? Especially like at this point, it's like, Eric, you know the kind of person I am. You're no saint to self. We hurt each other. I ain't the first time. Might not be the last time. Mm-hmm. But we still got the hots for each other, still love each other.
let's make it work. Or or one of us needs to move out of this town. <laughs> we because we don't have no children together. Sad part. We need to, so we need to make a complete break because we obviously can't be around each other. Mm-hmm. If we're not going to get together, but we're still going to pine for each other. Uh, Sarah at least had the good sense to move away from Xander. Mm-hmm. She said, baby, listen, I'm going to put some distance between us because I'm not doing this anymore. And I feel like, and this is no shade, I feel like the only person Nicole has ever had like really good chemistry with. I mean, obviously she's had good chemistry with Eric and, you know, with EJ, whatever iteration you choose. But yeah. I'm sorry. I just feel like Sammy is her person. Like Nicole is always at her best when she has someone to spar with, especially Sammy. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But and and this actually brings kind of brings me to my next point where like they break Eric and Nicole up so much. But and bringing them back together, but now they kind of gotten to the point where <laughs> Eric and Nicole are be- better with other people. Cause like now, I like uh, Eric and Sloan and EJ and Nicole better than I like Eric and Nicole. Mm-hmm. 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 And and, and they did. And I was just going to say that they did that to themselves because they broke the two of them up and put them with better people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's an unintended uh, unintended consequence of constantly breaking a couple up and putting them with other people is you give us a chance to see, okay, so they can stand on their own two feet without that person or they can do well with another individual outside of this relationship. Right, and I like them better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I haven't, because I haven't liked Eric this much uh, since he came back. Yeah, he's finally like got a personality. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just I'm just re- love Nicole. They either need to write Nicole off, or you know, figure some out because or, yeah. It's, they they need to, they need to pick who she's going to be with, and that's mm-hmm. it. Or have her be alone, mm-hmm. or like you said, write it off. But yeah, it's got to stop. Yeah, and I I feel so bad because uh, I think it was one day last week where she was talking to Anna, and they was bringing you know bringing up her infertility issues, mm-hmm. and you know. It was some really good stuff, but it's like it's hard to it's hard to connect with that when Nicole, you know, has a child, mm-hmm. hasn't really expressed interest, or at least recently, about her wanting more children. Yeah, and she's at the age where, yeah. like, let's be honest, like. Those child bearing days were coming to an end, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so like like the fertility issues of someone who's about to enter into menopause mm-hmm. isn't exactly compelling storytelling. I'm sorry if yeah. if they 
if this had happened a few years ago, then yeah. 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 I mean, because, like, the woman was on birth control. Yeah. And, 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 like, she said that part of the reason, you know, was that she didn't think that she would be able to carry it to term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. It's kind of like Nina on um, General Hospital and how they keep throwing children at her. And I'm like. Yeah. Okay. At a certain point. <laughs> Like at a certain point, we need to let this, you know, I I get I get it, but it's like we can't keep throwing children at people as a as a story. Right. Like let's 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 stop. Yeah, but I I also think they now at this, this point, I think they want to keep her in in Carly's orbit. Oh, I, I think they like the friction mm-hmm. because otherwise there was no reason for Willow to be her child. Nope, none at all. None at all. And that means Michael has now procreated with not only both of her daughters, but a set of twins. And it's just like... Right. Do we really, really need that? Yeah, and and now, uh, unless he's like his dad, if they keep Michael and Willow together... Forever, or at least until he stopped having children. That means all of his children mm-hmm. are gonna be Nina's grandchildren. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And I think part of the problem with soap operas now is there's no investment in making people super couples, and so none of them feel permanent. Michael, right? I am going to say for me, and someone else may disagree, and they may be able may be able to kind of think of somebody. Michael has never had a relationship to me that felt like super couple status. Like there's never been anyone that I can go back and think like, dang, I hate Michael lost this one. Cause that, that was, that was the one. There's no one I think of like that with him. Yeah. And well, part of it, like I said earlier, he's not exactly a romantic lead. He is um, not. He is not. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, well, that's really most of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of time, and it kind of feeds into it because say he's never really been in a relationship long enough for, mm-hmm. you know, it to gain traction as a super couple. But that's because, uh, like no one's, like no one's gonna have that chemistry with Chad that they're gonna be viable long term. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely because even like Morgan and Kiki seemed like they were on the way to super couple status. Morgan right. and Ava could have <laughs> could have been super right. And it's like Michael just flops every time he gets with a woman. It's like I forgot completely that him and Sabrina were together at one point and that she thought the baby was his. I had completely right. forgotten about that. Right, someone brought it up recently, and I was like, "Right, they were together." Yep, and I'm. I was like, Michael is just a mess of a character, and it's 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 time. Yeah, it's kind of like how bold and the beautiful to let go of the dream of Zenday. I'm sorry, love him down. 
Zende does not need to be on the canvas anymore. I, I don't care who, you know, when Rome Flynn f- played him, I think he did a really good job at it. And I think that was the last time that Zende had a story. I think at this point, it's okay to let it go. So, and my problem with Zende is my problem already with RJ. You're mm-hmm. bringing these characters back but they don't have any peers. There's no place for them on this canvas. Like, why are you bringing art? I know why. They brought them back to Parent Trap to get Ridge and Brooke back together. Mm -hmm. But other than that, there's nothing for him to do because there's no one for him to interact with. Nope. Nope. And that's the same with Zenday. There's no one for him to interact with. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anytime they're trying to create this drama between RJ and Thomas, and Thomas is like 10 years older than him, I mean, it's literally because they have nothing else for him to do. Right. Like, because realistically, like, Thomas would respect his brother's opinion about what he did to his mom, but he, he wouldn't lose sleep over it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like, cause RJ is not like someone. Let's be honest, that he's close to. No, no. Cause the uh, the age gap and RJ being gone for for the last few years. Mm. But so RJ having stories with Thomas isn't. That's not gonna be exciting. Because and like, because they're not gonna fight over the same girl. Because that would be like, what? Because what, first of all, it can't be hope. No, pray to God, it's not. And two, like, like what's gonna be a woman that's gonna fit both as RJ's love interest and Thomas's? Mm-hmm. 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 Like, I think the only way, because, you know, when they kind of did the Thomas Paris thing, first mm -hmm. off, she looks like a little girl compared to him. I'm sorry. And it it just, it that would be so strange because it would just be like Thomas is going after his little brother's high school love. It it just. Yeah. (laughs) But now, and now. RJ and Paris wouldn't even work because although she looks young, but between her being with Zenday, Thomas, well, she wasn't really with Thomas, but they had they was flirting. Mm-hmm. And Carter, even though she looks young, she now codes as older. Yeah. Yeah. And it would definitely feel like why are they putting up with this little boy? Why right. you know, whatever? I just and then whose sister is she? She she's whose sister? She's Zoe's sister. Okay, because like uh, God, I forgot all about Zoe. Like literally, I could I not to, remember how this girl was connected to the show. Yeah, I had I had to rack my brain to come up with Zoe's name because I knew she wasn't Maya's sister, and I was sitting there like, "What is that girl's? Who is this girl's family?" But anyway, yeah. And it's wild uh, because she, because uh, what you call sister uh, was, came, she was introduced because uh, he was a Buckingham, the London boy. 
the boy who came from London. He had an accent. He was he was with Emma, the girl who oh, ran him. off the road. Yeah, yeah. him. He was a Buckingham. No, yeah. no, that's not the Buckingham. Uh, Maya. Yeah, Avant. he was an Avant. Oh God, uh, I remember his Zoe. name. Mm-hmm. Zoe and uh, Paris of Buckingham. But yeah, I can't think of his name. But yeah, he was an Avant. Came to town, you know, to be with the family. I think he was a photographer. And mm-hmm. Zoe came to town because she was his ex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then they got rid of all the Avants. They sure did. God, until and- you said that, I did not even remember him yeah i i have forgot about him until you know we started talking about why paris is on the show and then zoe and it got to me to thinking is why is zoe on the show because she don't have no connection and then i remember that it was him mm-hmm. because wasn't zoe initially british and then they just decided she wasn't anymore yeah because she followed him from over there and she spoke with a british accent Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and she was obsessed with him. Because around the time that they did the baby switch, that's when she started speaking with an English, I mean, with an American accent. And I was like, oh, okay, so we just yeah. said, we just said we're going to leave that alone, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because she, cause she had to speak with a British accent because the actor, I think he said that he spoke with a British accent for like some random reason mm-hmm. and and so because he was british uh she had to be british mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I, I guess they said that since they was getting rid of him there was really no reason for him for her to be british anymore. yeah they said baby they <laughs> said baby, let they go they said especially especially if they're gonna introduce more of her family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and as well and they they brought in paris and then Zoe left mm-hmm. and broke the ties to the Avants. Yeah, because child, it was time to let them go. It, it, because uh, once they once they got rid of Maya, it was like you could tell they didn't really know what else to do with everybody else. Right. And it was like, yeah, it's it's time to get them on, get them on up out of here. Because uh, when Papa Avant was trying to take uh, Lizzie away from Maya. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Said that, said that uh, because what's her, what's the girl? Is her name Nicole? Nicole, yeah, yeah. Because Nicole carried him, and you know, you and it was her egg that it was rightfully, mm-hmm. rightfully her daughter. I was like, okay, it's time for him to sit down. Yeah, it's time for us to let this go because this 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 is too much. But they could at least bring him around for the Christmas party. Because that, that piano is looking skimpy these days. Exactly. Like it's it's time to, you know, let's let's deck some halls, child. Yeah, the for like the forest of party is supposed to be full and vibrant. And it is not. You got you got the Logans and and uh Ridge and and Douglas. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Steffi don't even come over no more. 
Mm-hmm. Steffi be at her house with her husband and her children. She said, baby, listen, I got other things to do. Bridget is down at the hospital. Don't come over. Like, you down the street. <laughs> don't come over. But, yes. but when you got Brooke, Brooke there, so she ain't coming. Mm-hmm. She said, nah, baby, I'm good. She said, I'm good. I'm going to leave that way it's at. I, nothing brings me joy like knowing that Brooke is not Brooke, uh, Bridget is in town working at the hospital mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she doesn't see and she doesn't come around Brooke. <laughs> and she said, Listen, I don't want to come around that hussy. I'm good. I'm gonna stay up over here. Because everyone else uh, <laughs> not forgave and forgot <laughs> for that for what she did to Bridget, but Bridget was like, "I might say I forgive you, but I ain't coming around because I if I come around, we have to play nice." Exactly, but, I'm not doing that. Although now hope it seemed like some of her issues about the whole thing finally starting to surface, this- which it should. Because, like, even though she didn't, like, she's completely innocent, there has to, the fact that you are a product of your mother's affair with your sister's husband, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that has to have some kind of psychological effect on you. Yes, some kind of something. It's got to. There's no way to get around it. Like, even, like, even if your brain tells you that you and the your soul tells you that you know that you're the innocent party, that there's nothing you can do, it still has to have some kind of effect on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you are that reminder of like the worst moment in your sister's life. Yep. Exactly. And every time she looks at you, she remembers that pain. Right. Well, y'all. I think we have more than covered <laughs> our fair share of story and and adventure. Just, yeah. So I think I think we can go ahead and wrap this one up and call it one for the books. All right, y'all. So we are going to close out for the week. And it was fun talking to y'all. It was fun having this discussion. I can't wait till next time. Thanks. Hey, so, be back again. Episode three. Episode three. So, family. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, yes. The beginning okay. of this, this uh, ongoing fight with Mr. Victor. Oh yes. Okay, I just want to see proof get oh, their bed yeah. together. That's all. Oh yeah. Yes. Next week is. Oh, next episode is that. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. And y'all. Why be normal when you can be special? Y'all have a good one.